Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Hey, it's Todd Duncan with High Trust, and I have uh, the distinct pleasure to do a special edition, Todd Duncan TV, with uh, one of our masterclass graduates and mortgage professionals, Michael Harrington. Michael is with Prime Lending and uh, uh, has graced the sales mastery stage uh, in the last uh, couple of years, being uh, one of the guys that we have showcased and achieving some really great success benchmarks in his life and business. And Michael, it's good to have you uh, on our Skype webinar, and uh, I'm glad that we get this chance to interact with each other. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell me about uh, how the first uh, three months of the year have started off for you and uh, what you're most excited about. Well, um, we had our best January in four years. So that was nice. always good because uh, January is a tough month for most producers. So uh, uh, in March, we actually uh, were the top producer for prime lending for the uh, uh, Houston region and number three, I think, for South Texas. So uh, we had a $5.6 million a month for me and the team, which was pretty awesome. And uh, um, yeah, we just keep keep uh, hoping for bigger and better things. So. Um, I'm sorry, that was February. February was 5.6, which I've never had a February that was probably greater than three or four million. So to do 5.6 in February was was pretty sweet. So That's awesome. You know, one of the things that I wanted to just remind everybody that, that watches our TV channel, and certainly if you've come to the Academy or, or Mastery or both, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that 90 days can change your direction of life, business, and I was asking Michael before we went live on uh, his experience with Masterclass this past January, and here we are recording this just about 90 days you know, into that kind of journey. And I asked him, I said, so what are some of the, the cool changes you've made? And I think one of the cool changes that I, I think would yield um, kind of the, the door opening to what I really wanted to talk to you about was the change you made of, of in, in your life as an originator, never really having face-to-face -face meetings with your borrowers. And now here we are 90 days later, and I think you said 92% of your borrowers you're meeting face-to-face. -face. Talk about that transition. Talk about your experience in, in getting people to see the value of meeting with you and agreeing to come to your office to have that conversation. Sure. Well, when you, when you were talking about it in master's class, I actually had my staff research um, how many people we had met with in person that we didn't land the closed transaction. And there was just uh, two sisters. They were, uh, Vietnamese, they were Vietnamese sisters that um, had done a lot of shopping around uh, for mortgage. They almost cried when they said they weren't going to use me, but it was because their parents made them go with the absolute lowest online internet rate. And it wasn't like it was their choice. I, they were literally crying on the phone about wow. not, not using me. That was the only client that I met with in person, actually met with them twice, that just ended up not using us. And I thought, okay, so if we are meeting with all our clients, because you, you said, you know, what if you could capture a higher percentage? I mean, the big thing was to look at how many leads, how many approvals, and how many actual close transactions you had. And, of course, I've always analyzed my numbers every month. At the end of the month, my assistant notes, that without me even telling her, she knows to go through and I want numbers. I want yeah. to know what percentage built her, what percentage was builder, past client. I, and I've got a sheet, I got a lead tracker that I keep track of. Actually, our whole company started using my lead tracker uh, sheet here at, at the Katie branch. But um, I wanted to know what did I lose and when I got back, 
how much was I losing because I wasn't meeting with another person. And when I just did the math, I thought, okay, so all I have to do is meet with more of my clients, find a, a couple days that I can do that, those meetings, even if it's in the evening hours, I might have to stretch, sacrifice a little bit of my family time at the beginning just to get it, to get it rolling. And it didn't take as much time as I thought it would be. Um, and meeting with clients in person, I can keep it to 45 minutes. I'm not some three hour session person. I usually have all their documentation uploaded before I ever sit down with them. We've already got their pre-approval run. We've already got their numbers run. I use Mortgage Coach. Uh, emphatically, I was on something like this with Dave Savage, actually from your event. <laughs> um, I was upstairs doing something with him uh, at, at also one of our prime lending events. Um, but so I'm a huge fan. I, I, I'm one of the beta testers for, for Mortgage Coach. And so because of that, I've always been using it. And because of Mortgage Coach, combination Mortgage Coach, taking some principles I used uh, from master's class, I was able to combine those things. Uh, get actually inspired, as I told you, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a book now uh, based on some of the processes I've done over the last 22 years, which started off with with your audio tapes that were, you know, I literally <laughs> have the, just brought it with me. I still have it in my car, the audio tapes. My car doesn't have a tape player, but I found it on eBay. Um, I actually gave my son a VCR from, uh, we were doing electronics recycling, I gave him a VCR from the recycling bin. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a VCR. And he's like, so where do I stick the disc? <laughs> so, uh, I was like, well, let's call it tape. Um, but I mean, going back to those things, I was able to contract from all that, that if it, as simple as it was. I mean, you know, it's master's class pulled a lot of principal practices that we don't do daily. And, you know, we, even with us having the technology issues we had at the beginning of the session, it's just that constant reminder that as far as technology and tools go, mortgage coach, everything, it still comes back to the principal belly to belly developing a a relationship with the client where they develop trust with you, not over a phone, not over internet, not over a text message with THS, THX for thanks. It's like you're really truly showing them the quality of time that you're giving them by being with them, showing them the stuff on the big screen, showing them a mortgage coach scenario. And no, nobody from Quicken or corporate offices from Detroit, Michigan to California are gonna show my Texas client that in person and actually talk them through it in person. So if I'm the only one that can do that, then the intrinsic value is there and we can beat the big giants with what we're talk talking about here today. Yeah. So um, I think everybody wants to know, okay, because there's a disbelief that you can do that. There's a, uh, I think a false belief that for a, a lot of LOs that they uh, either don't have confidence in the value they provide or they don't know how to set the stage for somebody to to see the value in coming, you know, to the office and having this this kind of consultation, you know, what we know about trust and tech is that in tech is that if if you connect on the human side, the technology has much more juice to convert than if you're just to use technology on its own, which is kind of the point you made. So before we get into one one or two of the details, I wanted to unpack on this call. What did you specifically do, and what's it sound like? How do you create enough? value in the perceived mind of the client that it's worth meeting you in person? Well, um, so the conversation, and we heard a couple of people use some great analogies during master's class. Uh, the car dealership one, I, I, I've used that one. I forget who it was that came up with it or if it, you know, what part of master's class we, we heard someone talk about that. It may have been you. I honestly don't remember the exact person that, that brought it up. But somebody said, you know, when you go to buy a car, which is not the biggest purchase of your life, when you go to buy a car, how long do you spend with the salesperson, the F&I manager, the manager of the dealership? I mean, inherently, maybe three to five hours between between the time you test drive 
the time you're walking out with the car and getting your trade and all that stuff done, three to five hours. But do you do that long distance or do you do that in person? And most people like to do it in person. They don't like the sales process, but they do it in person because they feel the need to be in person for that event. So I tell people, okay, we're talking about the biggest purchase of your life, not buying a car, buying a house that you, you're not going to keep for three years and it's not going to walk off the lot and lose value. It, we're talking about the biggest purchase of your life so far up to this point. And I'm asking you for an hour of your time, but I'm going to give you a value of talking to you about your family, your family's goals, what the goals are in regards to staying in this house long-term, short-term. What are your, I mean, what are, what are the goals in regards to school districts? If the school district lines are redrawn, are we going to be moving in three to five years? We're going to talk about all of that. We're not going to talk about your bank statements and your pay stubs. We've already got all that. We're going to talk about the numbers and how it pertains to you and your family being comfortable for the next five to 10 years and making sure we plan ahead if the plan is are to increase family size, decrease family size, whatever those plans are. That's what we're going to discuss during that one hour I'm sitting down with you. And I'm giving you that hour. It's, it's completely up to you as to whether you want to take the hour, but I'm not going to charge you anything extra for that one hour that we're going to spend together. And most people do like spending that one hour with me. And you, you were referred to me by people that spend hours with me and learn from me. That's why they sent you to me in the first place. It's because they trust me for that, for that, for that specific task, for that a specific goal for themselves. So if you were referred to me by a past client or by a realtor who sits with me and learns yeah. from me because I'm helping the business grow, I can help you and your family grow in the right way, which is financially. Wouldn't you want to sit down with me for one hour to find out how I can do that? Yeah. So that's the discussion. It's it's and it's beautiful. And I think I want to say to everybody that's just watching this quick interview, um, how do you position value? And you know, to use this experience where so many human beings will spend far more time um, engaged in in some decision that has nowhere near the monumental and economic value that a home loan decision has, that to me is where the game changer is. And I think one of the things that I got very intrigued by when you and I had some off times on uh, on uh, at masterclass having some conversations was the idea that there's a big technological push obviously with some of these large lending platforms and we don't need to name names except to say that there is a way in which you can compete with the companies that are purely a techn technological play you know high high dollar advertising high visibility on the TV on TV and so on and so forth we know kind of where the conversation goes from here but how do you create as a mortgage professional um, the specific like what are the bombs that you drop that just immediately get somebody thinking I got you know online this and I got Michael Harrington and you know there's a perception that you overcome pretty quickly. Talk through that. Okay, sure, no problem. So we do it, we, number one, we, we work with a lot of top listing teams in the Houston area, three of which are the top 10 listing teams here in the Houston area, uh, according to HBJ Magazine. And what we do for those teams is we do what's called second level review, where we're actually reviewing the approval letter that they've received on a buyer that's trying to buy their listing. And through that process, I developed a, a quick knack to say, okay, well, let's find out about the company and let's find out about the loan officer. Obviously, you mentioned that there's some big companies out there. We already know the names of those companies. But let's just say it's a company that might be somewhere located close to Michigan or something like that. Well, that company, if I was to look up a, an NMLS number very easily, in less than three clicks of a button, okay, I'm able to find on nmlsconsumer.org, okay, 
I can look that up uh, their number, their MLS number, and there's a button over on the left-hand side that most people don't push. It says self-employment history. When you click on that button, it shows the loan officer's entire work history for the last 20 years. And as I told you in the master's class, we actually had an incident where one of those loan officers six months ago, they were a pet sitter. And that's not a joke. I have the sheet to prove it. Uh, they were a pet sitter six months ago. I'm not, this is nothing to say anything negative about pet sitters. I, I mean, we all <laughs> need someone to pet sit. That's great. I'm glad. Whether or not that person should be responsible for a $300,000 mortgage less than six months later, and I've got 22 years experience and I'm local, how do I combat that person or how do I try and verify that that person's approval letter is a real one is I'm going to have a conversation with the loan officer. I'm going to ask some very simple questions. Um, I do call the loan officer. I don't call the buyer at first. I call the loan officer and I, and I don't ask questions specific to the buyers. Um, uh, a good, a good one. I did, I did this yesterday. I actually became friends with the loan officer yesterday. It was a, a fellow competitor here locally. It was not one of the bigger companies, but I asked him some very big questions that only a good experienced loan officer would know. And he was able to answer those questions that told me he had experience. That was great. When I call the bigger companies, the one I just mentioned that's, you know, up north, um, they don't tend to know answers to those questions. I might say something to the effect of, you know, why are you going FHA with this client when they've got excellent credit according to you, they've got excellent credit, they've got great assets, why would you not go conventional 3% on a first-time homebuyer program if they're a first-time homebuyer with the Fannie Mae Home Ready or the Freddie Mac Home Possible? I mean, it's half the mortgage insurance. It's, there's no upfront mortgage insurance premium. Mortgage insurance will drop off after a couple of years with some equity. And I, I, I give them that much information. And you know what they say to me? We are the number one lender in FHA. That was the response I got from the, the, pet, the pet sitter. We are the number one FHA <laughs> lender in the nation. I said, okay, let me ask the question a different way. Why would this client want to get an FHA loan from the number one FHA lender in the nation if they could go conventional? Well, sir, we're the number one. I mean, it was like a script. Yeah. And that's where I realized it's not too hard to combat against this. If you were bringing that type of experience or that conversation back to the consumer and you're just being logistical, you're just saying, here's my resume and here's the resume of the loan officer. I'm not knocking this loan officer, but I've got 22 years. I'm local. My rate is better, worse, even whatever. This is this guy. He's been in the business for six months. He's got a company that works out of another state. They don't understand Texas like we do. He does all the whole U.S. Texas is just one of 50 states he, he's, he's licensed in <laughs> to do business. And so when you bring that to the table, you're telling the consumer, they usually, they're the ones that come up with the conclusion. You're not selling them at that point. You're giving them information. You're yeah. giving them knowledge, and that's it. And you, I have said this question before to a client. I said, why don't you ask, instead of me asking the client or asking the loan officer, I have at times asked the client, why don't you ask the loan officer, one, why should I lock today versus tomorrow? Why should I lock today versus tomorrow? Number two, why am I going, in this case, FHA versus conventional? I've given you those responses already from me. Why don't you ask those two questions from the loan officer that, I mean, it, he knows how to walk a dog. I'm hoping he'll, he'll know the answers to these All questions. Right. I'm really praying for you. So that's what I do in regards to talking against the larger banks, the average experience, can we, we do so many of these second level reviews. I look this up probably three to four times a day. I would say on average for the big banks, you know, I'm not going to mention names. Let's just say the top six big banks. The average experience of the loan officer is literally less than one year, less than one year. 
if you look them up. And a lot of loan officers don't think to do that. The loan officer I spoke to yesterday at, a, at a, again, a competitor, when I mentioned this to him, he was fascinated by the idea. He says, I never thought to look at my competitor's experience, the resume. I said, well, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. The consumer can do it on their end. You can do it and just send a, a side-by-side, just like you would. You're showing a side-by-side scenario all the time with Mortgage Coach. Why aren't you showing a side-by-side resume for the with person the that's going to give you yeah. the largest transaction in your life? Yeah. No, super powerful stuff, you know, and, and, and uh, the reason why I wanted to sync up with Michael on this is because I think, you know, that, that as LOs, that desire to have uh, more connection with the consumer, which leads to uh, faster and higher trust, which leads to connection, which leads to certainty, which leads to closing. I mean, that's really why Michael and I are having this conversation, because if you do not know how to create enough perceived value and then be able to to, to really substantiate how you can deliver that value in some of the ways that Michael's talked about, you will have lower conversion. You'll have lower trust. You'll lose deals that you shouldn't lose. And, you know, Michael, you're really big on connection. I can see behind you, you know, putting your family first in. I can't see the word over to the far right, but... Finance. Yeah, putting your family first in finance. And you look at just the kind of the backdrop to, you know, to this camera angle and all you see is family and connection. And I guarantee you somebody that works in the boiler room and, you know, one of these big companies that's not, you know, that's not, you know, playing the the connection game. They're just playing the the talk and convert and try to close game. I guarantee you they can't hold a candle to this kind of um, relational approach that, that you obviously have. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think this gets back to, you know, how, how much, how much dialogue can you as an originator give to a potential consumer that shows them that you are to be trusted, that others that refer to you trust you and they care about them. So why wouldn't they make the connection? And then how can you deliver a, a, a risk-free experience? And Michael, put this little thing in there, one hour with me could change your entire perspective about mortgage finance. And because the Johnsons have used me already, they wouldn't ask you to spend an hour with me if in fact they didn't think that hour would be the best hour you would spend. So let's do it. Let's get together, you know, and then and then develop a series of like one or two, one or two of your one liners. You know, I, I one of the ones we teach in master class is, you know, are, are you aware that the lowest rate with the wrong mortgage strategy can end up costing you more than a slightly higher rate or even different product with the right strategy? And most people right there, they're never going to hear that from a six month old pet sitter, right? Six month in yeah, the business no, pet sitter, I should say. <laughs> No, it's definitely. Uh, I wish you could see some of the job titles I've seen in the last uh, couple of months. I, I say, I say, I should start framing them. They're they're amazing to see some of these resumes uh, of what they used to do or or how many. And also, just uh, sometimes they've just been jumping from company to company to company, like three months, three months, three months. And I tell people, look, anyone that jumps every three months over a three year time frame isn't exactly cutting the mustard with whatever company they're with, or they're they're not happy where they're at. I mean, that's, that's the two key things as to why people move. So why, why are you suddenly going with a, a guy that, you know, literally has had eight jobs in the last two years? I mean, is that because he wasn't doing good business or maybe he's, he's not happy in his career? It's one or the other. I mean, yeah. It's going to be one of the other things. So um, I try to do it without, you know, my, my mentor said, don't knock your competition. So I have to be careful about saying this person sucks or they're, they're, 
their estimates wrong or, you know, they don't understand taxes. I got to be careful about the negative connotations because that's my first go-to because I'm from New York and we tend to be a little bit more wordy about, you know, negativity items. And so uh, I have to be Southern charm, Texas, and (laughs) and be a little bit nicer about things. So, you know, finding ways to say things like what you just said are are, are incredible. I think uh, sometimes when people are are wondering, you know, they're always looking for the cheapest rate. I I do have like my one-liners. I just say, look, there's three things you do in life. You get married, you have kids, and you buy a house. Those are the three biggest things, biggest roller coasters up, biggest roller coasters down. You know, you enjoy the, the ride down. You don't enjoy the ride up. But when you get married, I'm pretty sure you didn't stay at Motel 6 in Hawaii. When you had a kid, you didn't do it at the local clinic because the tongue depressor was a dollar. I said, when you buy a house, why are you trying to find the cheapest realtor, cheapest lender for the most, again, one of the most important three things that you're going to do in your life? I use that as my little it's beautiful. thing. People are like, I'm looking for the cheap trade. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. So just real quickly then in, in some of our remaining minutes, tell me the before and after. So now we're 90 days past masterclass. You've completely swapped out this, um, this strategy to have people meet with you. What's happened as a result? What, what, what metrics can you kind of point to? Sure, no problem. So what we have noticed is that the closing ratio is now uh, closer to like 73%, which it, it, I've never had that kind of closing ratio on applications that we've done, you know, the pre-qual, the application online. We have tried to still stick to the, you know, people doing the online application just to get that out of the way. But I, I used to make that a big deal. Now I make that, hey, this is just a, a technical thing. Cool. Let's just get the application done so that your credit report is approved in regards to us pulling your credit. It's only going to take them seven minutes to fill out the application online. So I don't make the application online sound like the application. That was the biggest change in my wording. I used to make that sound like, here's your application. And I would text them three letters that would just type a big paragraph. They would click on it and, yeah. and go there. That automated the process almost to the point where I wasn't connecting with the client. So my initial discussion is a little bit longer than normal. Uh, now it wasn't, it wasn't that long. I used to get people on the phone to say, here, I'm going to send you a link, do the application online. And then I was kind of cutting the conversation. I wasn't getting to know them on the phone as, as well. Now I do spend more time with them on the phone in the beginning. And then I spend obviously more the, the hour of the session. I'm going to sit down with them. There's still some clients that, you know, are long distance can't meet with me. I get that. But I, I think honestly, this is the first time I've Skyped with this computer. I'm loving it. I, I can see you well. I know I, you can see me well. I'm like, well, maybe this is my way of doing long distance with my Dallas. My ten, I've got a deal in Tennessee too, and two deals in California, your neck of the woods. Um, right now. So this would be a great way to actually have that one-on-one. I could share, I didn't know you could share a screen now with Skype, so I could share the mortgage book <laughs> scenario with him. So thank you, Mr. Todd Duncan, for teaching me technology today. <laughs> <laughs> so let me say, say something on that. I think you, as an LO, you have three goals. The first is face-to-face at your office. And the reason is because they can experience what your mortgage practice looks like, right? And so that's number one. If that doesn't work out for whatever reason, you're you're mobile, you're agile, you, you're not, you don't have an anchor, you know, brick and mortar place that you're at um, all the time, then you drop to in person, in person at a country club, in person at a park, in person at a coffee shop, in person somewhere neutral where you guys can get together. And then finally, if 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 neither one of those work, then it's something like Michael and I are, I are doing right now. So there's a convenience. Factor to this, but I can tell you, even having done thousands of interviews in my life, the best interviews are when I can feel the presence of the human being. This is great, but to be, you know, sitting in your office, Michael, would be even better. And um, and that's what I want you guys to push for. You got to push for this face to face kind of efficiency. And this has been a really good dialogue. I'm going to transition and and say something I wasn't planning on saying, but I think it's going to be great. 
So one of the questions I would I would put to all of you, I'm changing topic. One of the questions I would put to all of you that are watching this is how do you say thank you to your clients in a way that they will think of you every day? And that's a question I want to pose to you as we kind of wrap this interview up. And I'm just going to watch this. I'm just going to lean over and I'm not going to leave the camera and I'm going to pick up this, which is on my desk. And this is a thank you gift from Michael Harrington that uh, he and I are both pilots. And uh, he had one of his client's daughters, who was 13, paint a picture of my airplane and my home airport and watercolor this and send it to me as a thank you gift for Masterclass. So I have this on my desk in a stand that's 18 inches from my body. And... I look at it every day and I think of Michael Harrington every day. Oh my God. Every day. And so, so now my question is when you close along, what are you giving to your client so that they think of you every single day? The most powerful marketing in the world is something that they're going to look at and they know that you went out of your way to create for them. So, Hey, mad, mad, mad. Thanks. For that beautiful no, piece I, of I art. I had no idea it was 18 inches from your desk. That's that. I, I thought maybe it would be in a wall somewhere amongst all the other gifts I'm sure people send you. <laughs> check, check it out. Uh, check it out. There it is. Oh, my. Oh, dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's, I mean, you gave it, you gave it a standing ovation. A right? Bit. Right? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, hey, good hanging with you today, buddy. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with everybody. And, uh, Continued success to you as you uh, navigate high trust and being a winner and uh, appreciate you adding value back to the mortgage community. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without you. So uh, I appreciate you. You're the best. Okay. Thanks, guys. And uh, continue to look for some additional special additions as we continue to deliver uh, content to you on a regular basis to make a difference in your business and life. Okay. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to the High Trust Today podcast. If you want to make this year your best year ever and double, triple, or even quadruple your volume and performance, then I want you to click the link for your ticket to Sales Mastery in the show notes to find out how you can make more money in less time with less stress. 